You might not recognize me. It's what I call incognito. It's a fancy word for disguise. It's what I call my liberal look. It's the kind of look that says, hi, I'm comfortable with abortion and gay sex. <laughs> appreciate that. I appreciate that. My name's George W. Bush, and I love tacos. I do. <laughs> it's a great place for tacos here. I've been wandering around San Francisco for the last week looking for one Trump supporter. Took me quite a while to find one, but I did find one at this place up over in Valencia Street. They have really nice Trump supporters on sale there. It was a tough find. It was a tough find. A place called Good Vibrations. Got my brother Jeb a flashlight. Take his mind off business for a while. Appreciate that. A lot of people ask me, they say, George, why do you want to do stand up comedy? I said, I always want to know what it was like to bomb a stage. <laughs> appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. A lot of people ask me, they say, George, why do you want to do comedy in San Francisco? It's the liberal, cap liberal capital of California. I said, well, I want to come back and make amends. I've made some mistakes in the past, San Francisco. You've made some mistakes in the past. Namely, Nancy Pelosi. Creepy. I didn't know Skeletor had a twin sister. Creepy. Creepy. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. A lot of people warned me. They said, George, people might throw tomatoes at you. They don't like you here. I said, well, I've been to Iraq. They throw shoes at you in Iraq. There's an old saying in Iraq. I'm not sure if you've ever heard this one. It goes something like this. Shoe me once. Shame on you. Shoe me twice. Well, you ain't got no shoes. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. A lot of people want to know what it was like to hang out with Dick Cheney, or as we used to call him, Dictator. He loved tater tots. He did. 425, 20 minutes, nice and crispy. I like to tell people about our times at Camp David. We used to get our G.I. Joe sleeping bags next to the fire and pray to God. I like telling people what Cheney used to say to God. He'd say, dear God, I know I got a bad heart, but please let me live another day or I'll shoot you in the fucking face. <laughs> That's how Cheney rolls. He calls the shots. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. A lot of people ask me what I do in my spare time, what kind of extracurricular activities I get into. Went to my first rave in San Francisco last week. Apparently, there's an Amber Alert for someone named Molly. If you see her, call Amber. I'm not sure how that works. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I've been taking some acting lessons. It's very similar to my college days. All I have to do is say, line, please. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I'm forgetting half of my jokes, Pam. I've been doing comedy for a year. Forgetting half my jokes. A lot of people want to know what else I've been doing in my spare time. I'm getting into the current events, the, what is it, uh, Gangnam Style, I love it, I love it, J-pop, K-pop, Elemental Pop, I love it, appreciate that, appreciate that, 
A lot of people want to want to know what I'm doing here and when I'm leaving. Well, I'm taking a red eye back to Crawford tonight. Laura's making taquitos. That's Mexican for little taco. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. A lot of people want to know what to do with their spare time in the summer. I always advise people to go to my presidential library. People say, George, that's an awful big building for one copy of Goodnight Moon, but <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right, you guys, we're going to get this show started. We're going to get this show started. I forgot half my jokes. I usually have notes. I'm not used to thinking my own thoughts or writing my own words. Used to a prompter. Used to a prompter. Where's our first, where's our, where's our first comedian from? Oregon. I'm like, I'm like Steve Harvey. I can't read cards. Our first comic is from Oregon. Pretty liberal up there. I like it. I like it. They smoke marijuana whenever you want without a card. I, how does that work? I'm not sure. Please give a good welcome for our good friend from Oregon, Jake Silberman. Appreciate that. Yeah. Keep it going for George. Everyone, how's it going? How are you all doing today? Good? It's the election year. This is getting exciting. I fucking hate the election. I'm not going to lie. I hate it. This is when everybody pretends to believe in something again. Uh, last years of your life, you had nothing to live for, but now you have a candidate, an idol. Good for you guys. Uh, the other reason I hate the election, because this is a time where everybody says if their candidate doesn't move, they're going to they're gonna go to a different country. No, you're fucking not, okay? You're not moving. It's fucking hard as hell to move across town. You're not going to a different country. You're not doing that. You're just not going to do that. You're going to see. You sat through eight years of Bush. You think Trump is going to be that bad? It's fine. It's fucking fine. Don't worry. All these fucking American electorate refugees. Come on. It's like, oh, we need some free shit. It's like, God, you can't let Syrians have something, okay? Want to sideswipe refugee culture now, America? Back the fuck off. Jesus Christ, we need it all. Is this like, uh, do we have a, a preferential candidate in here? Is this like a Bernie crowd, I imagine? Ow. Yeah, buddy. Yeah? Yeah. Most of you, all of you are undecided at this point. You're, so let's, let's weigh the facts for a little bit. Okay. I think I'm going to vote for Bernie Sanders. He seems like a good enough guy. But I, yeah, yeah we can clap it up, Pam. Good. Yeah, we, I know Pam's a Bernie supporter. Um, the thing about Bernie, though, he's 74 years old. He's been in politics for like at least 40 years. I have not heard a single piece of dirt on this guy, which bothers me a lot. Everybody else, a little bit of campaign dirt, right? You should have something. You've been in politics for that long, there's going to be a couple bodies. Where are the bodies, Mr. Sanders? That's all I want to know. Where are the fucking bodies? It's weird, man. It's weird. I also think it's weird. They like they always try to divorce the candidate from their person. They say no, just judge them on their policies. But like I think there's certain things we need to know about the people who run for office. Like I want to know what's going down in their bedrooms, right? Like what if Bernie Sanders doesn't eat pussy? Isn't that weird? Wouldn't that just be strange? It'd be so weird if he was just like, you know what? I want you all to have health care, but there's no way in hell I'm going down on my wife. I wouldn't vote for the guy anymore. I really would. I just like I can't do it. What if Trump gave great head and Bernie didn't? Trump's my man all the way. I feel like Ted Cruz is only into bloody anal, though. I really, I just, this looks like a guy who's like, I don't do it unless there's blood, all right? Cool, 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 yep. I don't know, it's weird. Politics are strange. 
This is the time. You got to choose your side because, you know, humans are great at choosing sides. It's been going great for us as we've divided ourselves over and over again. Lines are great for humanity, as history does show. Uh, I don't know. I've, I haven't seen them in San Francisco, rec- like, uh, but you guys are probably familiar. You guys familiar with the anti-abortion billboards? You guys know what I'm talking about? If you're not, they're the ones with like the super cute baby, and then they read like, my heartbeat started at 18 days. You know, they're trying to guilt you into having that kid. And I always want to see my side of the issues billboard right next to it. Be very simple. Just a picture of me shrugging my shoulders as I dropped a baby. You know, <laughs> The tagline would just read, abortion. Sometimes it is the right call. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, we all can't be dads, all right? I found out, uh, here's a terrifying fact uh, why I don't think I should be a father. I found out last week, just last week, that women use more than one tampon per period. I always thought it was just five days over. Apparently that shit can kill you. I had no idea. Isn't that weird that a guy like me can just go make a baby at any time? Like, you guys can't stop me from impregnating somebody. Doesn't that just really bother you? Like, I don't even know how it works, and I can just do that. And then there's guys like me who want to control the vagina from the Supreme Court. Like, yeah, I don't really get it, but I don't think they should do anything with it. His name was Scalia, and he's dead. Fuck you, man. Piss on your grave. All these people were really mad when Obama didn't go to his funeral. It's like, I wouldn't go to my enemy's funeral. What the fuck is the point? I don't care if I hold office. Fuck that guy. Cool. This has been good. Good times. Um, I think I have to get out of here pretty soon. Um, Quick show of hands. Um, Do you guys support going to the moon to mine it? Yeah? Just one? Good. You won't be doing the mining, so of course you think it's a good idea. That's good. But I heard Donald Trump say the other day, I want to go to the moon. We're going to mine the moon, you know, for like moon dust or whatever. We'll make our phones brighter. I have no idea. It's a fucking weird idea to me. But just be rest assured that moon dust will go one place to Donald Trump's nose, okay? It's not going, like, it's not going to us, folks. 20 years from now, we might get moon crack. That's, might, we might get it. His face will be plastered all over the place. We'll be smoking out of empty glass Coke bottles. It'll be in tight. Eventually, California women will have moon rocks all over their bodies. It'll be some cheap-ass jewelry. And then, like, 20 years from then, Sarah McLaughlin will have a commercial in zero gravity as she says, please donate a dollar to these moon slaves. They could use a lot of help. And then her song will come on. I think they need to do, they push the Sarah McLaughlin about every 20 years to make sure she sells enough CDs. Um, All right, guys, that's my time. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Give it up. Give it up for Jake. Appreciate that. Talking about Bernie Sanders, Vermont. I once slept with a girl from Vermont back in college. Boy, did I wake up feeling the burn. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Slept with a girl from Alaska once. Don't do it, guys. You have no idea how hard it is to get rid of king crabs. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Our next comment comes from the City of Angels. Appreciate that. It's probably not raining down there. I love it. Why don't you give it up? By the way, this show is called Who You Voting For, in case you couldn't figure it out. <laughs> All right. 
This is being hosted by George W. Bush, played by Aaron Barrett. Appreciate that. Thank you. Our next comic is from L.A., City of Angels. Give it up for Eric Escobar. Give it up for George W., everyone. George W. Doing great. He's been doing comedy for 10 years since he was in office. It's good. Um, let's talk about the issues, guys. Let's talk about the issues. Let's talk about gun control. Um, gun control is crazy. I don't like guns. I don't like them at all. Because one time I went hunting and I shot a rabbit. And I felt so bad because I almost hit the magician. Okay? <laughs> so we got we to gotta take care of those. Uh, let's talk about pro-life, pro-choice. Um, I am pro-choice. Um, but it's only because I like murdering babies. Okay? That's the only reason why. Uh, I am pro-choice, though, because one time um, I had a girlfriend, and she got pregnant, and we actually had to go and get an abortion, and it was really, it was really the, one of the toughest days of my life. It was the toughest days of her life, too. We, um, we have the abortion. We end up going back to the car, and to make things worse, I locked my keys in the car. Oh, it's like the worst thing I could do. You know how embarrassing it is to go inside an abortion clinic and ask for a coat hanger? It is really... <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was terrible. So terrible. Um, I didn't know I was going to be on the show till today, so I have some brand new jokes that I nor you have ever heard before. You guys want to hear some new political jokes? Oh, clap it up louder for that, because I need to load up my notes app. Yeah, let's kill some time. Yeah. All right. Cool, guys. Here we go. This is going to be fun. Um, if I was president... If I was president, the first thing I would do is make it legal to pee outside at any time, any place. All right? I think it'd be a good thing to pass. And I say that because if you pee outside right now, you can get thrown in jail. So that means a legit sex offender would be sharing a cell with, like, Zach, who just has a small bladder, and I don't want to share a cell with Zach. All right? I feel like... That's just not cool. He's going to be peeing all the time, and that'd be so hard to rape. Um, all right. Okay. New jokes! If I was president, I would address the homelessness issue, because right now, it's so hard for the homeless to get euthanized. So let's... That's too far. It's up with the rape's okay, but euthanization, it's fine. Um, I feel like older people are typically very conservative. I feel like younger people are typically very liberal. Uh, sometimes older people can be liberal, and sometimes younger people can be wrong. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, so I'm about to turn 26, um, so that means I'm going to not have health insurance soon, so I've been preparing for it. Um, last couple of weeks I've been um, writing a will. Okay, next joke. Next. <laughs> I was hoping the stare would have gone. Uh, I think it's really important um, for politics to, to know where your local voting station is. It's very important. So you got invite. You got to go and know where your local voting station is. Um, the one near my house uh, is the auditorium of a middle school, which kind of sucks because I can't get within 500 yards of it. Um, so that sucks. <laughs> All right, that's the political material I wrote up. Uh, wrote up. You guys want to hear some other jokes? <laughs> yeah, it's filling that time with other stuff. I paid my dues. I did enough. 
Um, I'll talk about this. Uh, I've always struggled with weight. Anyone here ever been fat? Any fat kids in the audience? Oh, okay, a few. It, it sucks. It sucks being a fat. I was always really insecure about it when I was a kid. Um, I remember in sixth grade, I was so ashamed of my weight, I would cut myself. Giant pieces of cake to hide the pain. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, did it work. I think I'm fat because I hate fruit. Like, um, I might have an orange slice once in a blue moon. That one's a slow burn. Slow Bernie Sanders. God, I'm more drunk than I want to be right now. Um, I'm actually on a new diet right now where instead of eating, um, I just smoke cigarettes. You lose a bunch of weight in the beginning and then a bunch more during chemo. Told that joke once at a cancer benefit, and it killed. Absolutely killed. It was great. I'll take that. That's fine. Oh, God. So um, I like being in San Francisco. It's really, really cool. Um, I like to play a game here called Homeless or Hipster. <laughs> this is how you play it, guys. If there's like a guy in an alley like smoking crack, they're probably homeless. Uh, if you see a guy like on his Mac in a Starbucks, they're probably a hipster. Um, if you see a guy with like a big old beard pushing around like a grocery cart full of empty PBR cans, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's really tough. It's really, really tough. But I like being in San Francisco, guys. I actually lived up here for about a year. I was living in the Redwood Forest. I loved it. Um, it's just really hard to bring girls home when you live in the Redwood Forest. They're always like, this is really creepy and <laughs> get me out of your trunk. So um, it's cool. But uh, when I was living up here, I was actually uh, working at a uh, camp for kids with disabilities. Um, when all my kids were really good, I would give them all Capri Suns. Uh, when they were assholes, I would give them all Capri Suns with the straws ripped off. <laughs> Apparently that makes me a bad person because they were all amputees, whatever. Oh. Fuck you guys, that's like my favorite joke. <laughs> Come on, that's like my favorite joke, <laughs> hands down. Um, there we go. There we go. This one's gonna hurt. I think French jokes are the bomb. Huh? You like that? They were recently attacked in Paris. You know your current events. It's good. It's good. Um, so being from LA, uh, I love the Warriors, but I'm a big Clippers fan. I love the Clippers. Uh, and it's crazy. Uh, the Clippers, they were actually just sold for $2 billion, guys. Yeah. $2 billion for 20 black guys? I call that inflation. So, if that one hurt, this next one is going to sting. I don't get why they call them black people, all right? Because they're not really black, and they're not really people. All right, guys. It's okay. You're not one of them. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Went to my first uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting recently. That was weird. Um, a guy in a wheelchair came up to me and asked if he could be my sponsor. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't think you can even do 12 steps. <laughs> you guys like that? Good. So uh, last night uh, after the fest, uh, I was a little cross-faded. So I uh, went on my laptop, opened it up, went on Internet Explorer, uh, then went on Facebook, and that led me to a site called Jezebel. You guys know that site, Jezebel? 
It's, it's great. It shows girls how to like friend zone guys. It's really nice. But I wanted to explain how I got there because it's really embarrassing as a guy to use Internet Explorer. But um, <laughs> it was crazy. I read this cool article. The article was about what different types of cuddling mean. I'm going to share that with you right now. Um, if there is a heterosexual relationship where um, the girl is on her back and the guy is on his side, like cuddling her, um, it usually shows that the girl has a stronger personality and that the guy doesn't talk to his mom much um, or talks to his mom too much. Either way, just don't role play, all right? Um, the next one is the one I connect with a lot. Uh, it's the exact opposite. It's when the guy is the one on his back and the girl just isn't there. So, um, <laughs> so I'm getting used to that. Uh, I've been trying to date guys. Um, it's, it's weird dating. I hate it. Uh, I was dating this one girl for a while, and I remember on our first date, um, she wanted to hook up. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm really, really old-fashioned. Like, I want to get to know you before I even think about letting you out of my basement. All right? <laughs> but she was cool. She was really sweet and nice and imaginary. It was awesome. Um, but it's weird. I, uh, I was in a relationship for six years. And uh, we broke up, but I miss her a lot. She would want to fuck like five or six times a day. And if I was lucky, one of those times would be with me. <laughs> so it's great. Um, I am doing the online dating. Um, I'm on a website called Black People Meet. Just heads up, you do not want to spell meat wrong, okay? It was a completely different website. We'll still get messages. I'm like, oh, who could it be? Wow, it doesn't even fit on the screen. Look at that. It's good. <laughs> I like that one. Um, I'm going to end with this, guys. Uh, party it up, drink up. We got a bunch of great stuff. You can buy beers for two bucks in the back. Support up Mutiny. Donate a little extra. Buy some beers. Support this amazing thing they're doing. But um, if there's one thing you should never, ever do, it is acid. All right? Um, I tried acid for the first time recently, and um, I was tripping out like crazy when um, my little brother walked in and asked if he could try some. Which is the one thing you do not want to hear as an only child, all right? It's just really tough. Uh, thanks, guys. My name is Eric. You guys have been wonderful. George W. Bush coming to the stage. Bush, Bush, Bush. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I took acid once. Woke up as president. <laughs> Appreciate that. Our next comic is from Texachusetts. When I grew up there, it was called Texachusetts. They like to tax people, don't they? There's some crazy people in Massachusetts. I grew up with a few of them. Racist, racist. I thought I was racist. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Katie McCarthy. Thank you, President Bush. I appreciate you. Thank you, God. I appreciate you. Oh my God, it's going to be an endless cycle of appreciation. So, um, guys, I'm going to I'm going to make you feel bad off the bat. I'm a vegan. <laughs> I don't like talking about it. I hate talking about it. But uh, the reason why I am, the reason what like made me go vegan. I was like eating a corned beef one day and I was like, geez, you know, if I, if I want to put a salty abdomen in my mouth, I'll just get kicked out of another Chippendales. 
It's licking men against their will. I also kind of like regard animals like celebrities too. I'm like a big animal fan. Oh my god. Like if I see a dog on the street, it's over. Like I just freak out. It's like someone, it really is like someone seeing a celebrity like, oh my god, is that Tom Cruise? Well, as long as he's tied to this pole. And I pat him and I take him away. I love him. Oh my god! But uh, oh my god! I went over to the animal shelter recently because I wanted a pet, and it was like going to Hollywood for me, honestly. Like I saw so many cool animals. It was like, oh my god, you guys! I saw like the Donald Trump of ferrets. Like, like its penis was just mangled. <laughs> it's just tragic, tragic. And uh, yeah, I also saw like the Michael Jackson of hamsters. Um. It was dead. So, <laughs> speaking of the dead, I am really happy that Antonin Scalia is dead. I am so happy. <laughs> right? Uh, the other thing about Massachusetts, it's full with eggheads. And when I like posted about that, someone was like, "Well." You know, he took, like, a really intellectual approach to, uh, you know, the law, and it was just kind of like, you can be kind of thoughtful and measured about something, but if you don't have all the ingredients, you know, it's like trying to make bread, but like, no, I don't believe in liquid, and then you just present me with, like, a bowl full of, like, dry flour and yeast, and it's like, a bowl full of dry flour and yeast is what I call my pussy, so it's... Like, that's not bread. It's, it's not fair, like, to disregard about half the population. It's dangerous. And uh, the other thing, like, the people were like, well, I don't know, he's a constitutional scholar, so blah, 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 which reminds me of something. I don't know if you guys can tell, um, but I'm a queer, and, uh, like, they call us in Massachusetts, and, uh, like... Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just because I kept off this, like, Ellen Page vibe. If she, like, shoplifted vodka nips for a living, you know what I mean? And just, like, sold them to teenagers at a ridiculous markup. Just business acumen is what I have. That's the difference. Uh, but, like, it just reminded me of, like, when uh, the Defense of Marriage Act was uh, repealed, when gay marriage was, like, legal across the country last year. It just meant, like, I didn't have to hear the rejection line, like, yeah, I mean, this could work out, but, like, I believe in the Constitution too much, so sacred document, sacred document. Oh, boy. Uh, I was, but uh, anyway, one of the uh, things Scalia did that pissed me off was... Uh, the hobby. Do you guys remember the Hobby Lobby decision like two, three years ago, right? Where it's like your boss can kind of make a decision about uh, what kind of health care you get and what's covered under your health care. And I don't know if you guys have met most bosses or any bosses that I've had, but um, I was fired from a temp job for making fun of horse dancing. And this is true. She's like, it's like I saw this silly video where these horses were like doing a dance to Lady Marmalade and it was like called dressage or something. It was like and it was really silly so and she's like that's my favorite equestrian sport. I can't even say it right. I can't say it right. I'm like a working class girl. I, I, it's my favorite equestrian event and um, also it's not pronounced um, dressage. It's dressage. And the next day I was out of work. <laughs> True story. But like, 
I wouldn't want that woman making like any decisions about my body. I don't know. Most people who are like successful business people are like have a lot of sociopathic qualities. Like it's been studied. It's true. And, uh, you know, they can just have this thing where they disregard everyone else, but they, um, but they're both like, they're just like very charming and like they seem knowledgeable, just so charming. Like, I'm very jealous of that. I'm very jealous <laughs> of sociopaths. Like, they can walk into an interview like, all right, where do you see yourself in five years? I don't know, inside your skin? And then they get the job. It's so awful. Or like, um, you know, they wouldn't have to go to, like, etiquette school. Like, I would have to go, like, where do you put the salad fork in the aorta? It's just... Tragic, tragic. I don't want these people making decisions about my body. But with the Hobby Lobby, like, oh my God, you guys. Like, obviously, it was about birth control. Like, it wasn't about any other kind of medical thing. It was, it wasn't about Imodium AD or like a fancier diarrhea medicine. You know what I mean? Like, they're not trying to prevent diarrhea. Like, imagine if they did. Imagine if like your boss was like, well, I'm a firm believer in the book of Nellie, and I believe he said, I feel like cutting loose, and that's referring to bowels, and uh, it wasn't, and you know, you get this diarrhea, and it lasts for your entire life, and all of a sudden, it's like sitting on your couch, it's 34 years old, and you're like, no diarrhea of mine is getting an abortion. (laughs) Sorry. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, I, I hate I hate Justice Scalia, and that, that that's that's my point. Um, I also uh, I got catcalled. It's a hot button issue, catcalling. A girl came up to me after a show. And was like, you get catcalled? I can't believe it. And uh, that kind of hurt. That stung. And uh, I was complaining about it to my buddy Ryan, and he was like, uh, "What's so bad about catcalling? Like." I would love it if a random stranger like complimented me and I was like, you know, I just would love it if I was just a little less sexy. <laughs> mm, yes, this is the most talked about girl at this 24-hour McDonald's. Mmm, delish. Oh my God. Hor- it's horrible. I wish that uh, cat collars were more like canvassers on the street is what I told him. And like, it's, it's kind of the same thing. They come up to you like, oh, do you have a moment for the environment? And you're like, no, buddy. I'm just trying to get from point A to point Walgreens dumpster before it gets locked. Okay. Just need some expired nicorettes, broken candles, trying to cast a spell. I don't need a lecture about a decaying earth. Thank you. Awful, awful people. Um, I wish that uh, cat collars were more like canvassers in one way. Like, I wish you could identify them from across the street. You know, I wish they had, like, the clipboards. I wish they had the shirts. Like, theirs might say, like, anal, question mark. And uh, you could see them. You want it. You head on down to Brown Town. Me across the street. No lengthy butt questionnaire. I love it. Oh my God. And then like, I also thought, you know, the canvassers, they're trying to do a good thing, right? They need to get people's like rapt attention. Maybe they could learn from the cat collars. Like, oh, excuse me. Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? 
because the ozone layer is rapidly depleting. <laughs> all right, that's all for me. Thank you guys so much. Give it up for Katie one more time. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Our next comic is also from Oregon. I love your, I love your clothes. A little tribute to Johnny Cash. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm assuming this guy didn't vote for me, but I'm going to give him a warm welcome for Dan Weber. Appreciate that. I look like somebody who votes for the write-in candidate Voldemort every year. That's who I am. I, uh, I'm 45 years old, right? And I, I think that there should be, we have a voting age of 18. Like that's, you can start voting after the age of 18. And I believe there should be an upper limit cutoff at 40 years old. So I can tell you right now, I'm 45 and I don't give a fuck about what happens to the earth anymore. <laughs> I'm not gonna live in it, guys. I don't give a shit. Everybody's like, oh, there's gonna be no water in 45 years. Guess what, I'm 90, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> My life is gonna be miserable whether there's water or not. I could care less. You people are gonna live in it. You should vote for the fucking future. That's what I'm saying. Like there shouldn't be, nobody should hold office after the age of 30. The president should never be older than 24 years old. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what about experience, Dan? What about, what about people like learning stuff over the course of their life? Well, bad news, guys. The Senate, the average age is 68 years old right now. That means that wisdom has led us to this point today. You understand? Experience means fucking nothing, apparently. I, I thought it would, but it doesn't matter. Like, fuck, I'm, I'm so much more willing to allow, like, youthful optimism and exuberance over, like, some old piece of shit. There's like, listen, this is just how it works. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Clap, motherfuckers. Let's see if we can do this. Everybody wants Bernie Sanders to be the next president. Not everybody, clearly. But uh, a, a fair number of people are like, I really want Bernie Sanders to be president, which is cool. Uh, I get it. I would vote for him if I gave a shit. Um, but let's all admit to ourselves he's an 82-year-old man from Vermont. You know, let's just fucking let that sink in. At least one time in that guy's life, he has looked at one of his kids and said, you know what, Obama, pretty well spoken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he is a tiny bit fucking racist. Don't fool yourself. He has at one time said, you know what, I don't think the help steals from me anymore. That's what I, you know, it's a piece of shit is what I'm getting at. Like, you can't find any dirt on him. That's just because he's been keeping it behind closed doors. <laughs> So yeah, like the, the uh, we as a older older people have kind of fucked over the world entirely. One of the things that we've done is we've made water. We're running out. Like fuck it. I know it doesn't seem like it right now outside with it raining like a motherfucker. But you guys in California for sure know about a drought. Like you're like holy shit. There's not. We have like times that we can shower and the amount of time that you can shower and shit like that. But it's weird to me because that seems like. Water is the second most important thing that we have in the universe. Like, you can't live without it. Without water, you'll die in two days. Oxygen, you'll die in five minutes without. And those are the two things we give away all the fucking time. You know what I'm saying? Like, oxygen, you can just breathe all the time. Nobody pays. You go to a restaurant, you don't get water. You get fucking mad. 
You're like, why didn't I get free fucking water? You know, the thing that's the most important shit in the fucking world. So weird to me. And I think it's because of a campaign slogan. Like, water is just a bad name for things. They should call it something more appropriate. Like, this is an absolutely necessary life elixir. If you call it that, then you wouldn't be like, where's my totally free, absolutely necessary life elixir? Like, dude, you got to pay $100 a glass for that shit. I know it's a little real. I get it. This is a political show. Uh, it turns out at a political show right now, can't be funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like everything is fucked, so let's make this hilarious. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I will tell you this. If you're worried about Donald Trump becoming president, and I'm sure that some of you are, just rest he's going to quit in two weeks. It is not a problem. That guy does not know how hard that job is. He's never had to work hard a day in his fucking life. He's going to show up and be like, oh, I can't fire the Congress. I'm out. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to be worried about his vice president. That's the person who's going to be president two weeks after he fucking takes office. Be worried about that motherfucker. I just don't think, like Donald Trump, honestly, as a comedian, and, I'm, and I don't, I fucking hate even saying it, but as a comedian, I really want Trump to be president. Like, I just... <laughs> It will be like a fucking cornucopia of delights every single day. I'll open up the newspaper and be like, another joke. Oh, my God. This guy's a fucking lunatic. I also think that it will be a huge boon for liberal America. If, if Donald Trump becomes president, right, it, the progressives will finally, like, get off their, they'll start, like, really fighting. Because it turns out, as Americans, we're terrible terrible at fighting for something. We're awful at that. Like, oh, let's fight for the environment or let's fight for whatever. No, we don't give a shit. We're super fucking good at fighting against things. Oh, now I want to fuck Donald Trump over? Total rallies. It'll be fucking amazing for eight years while he's president. All this shit will get fought for. None of it will get accomplished because that's what not what progressives do. Like, we don't actually do things. We just, like, argue about it a lot and fucking complain. <laughs> I don't know how many, I lived in a commune for a while. Uh, I'm that old. Uh, I lived in a commune for a while, and in a commune, everything is decided by consensus. Anybody know what consensus is? Raise your hand if you know what the fuck consensus is. Okay, so you know it's the most frustrating form of government possible, right? <laughs> like, oh, everybody has to agree with one abstaining, otherwise it doesn't fucking pass. Fucking what the, f okay, so I was living in a cooperative, living in this commune, Half of us are like poor kids from like white trash families in Oregon, and the other half are kids from the East Coast whose parents give them $2,000 a week to drink. That's what it was. So we're living in this fucking copy, and they're like, the fucking rich kids are like, we need organic food all the time. We should just buy organic food. I'm like, that would increase my rent by like two times. We can't fucking do that. And this one guy who sold meth and uh, did meth intravenously, was like, listen, I really care about what I put in my own body. <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't seem to be the case whenever you shoot up. Like, I don't, why do you, listen, that fucking toxic banana is the least of your concerns right now, sir. Like, the fucking meth that was made with Clorox bleach is probably more of a concern to you. He had fucking scars on his face from meth landing on it and etching his fucking mouth and he's still telling me, you know what? I just want organic apples. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Piece of shit. I don't like the rich. I don't like rich people. I don't think I'm alone. Anybody else? 
Anybody else here like rich people? Anybody else here like rich people? No. Organic ones? Organic ones? You like organic rich people? Name one. Can't. Fuck you. They're all, they're all fucking manufactured. They all have... Okay, go ahead. I didn't give you a chance. Who? John Kerry. John Kerry? He's not rich. Rich is fucking... Ri- okay, so rich is billion plus. Like, that's what we call rich now. Like, it used to be a millionaire. Remember when a millionaire was something everybody gave a shit about? If you won a million dollars in the lottery now, you'd be like, fuck, how am I going to live on this? You know what I'm saying? It used to be a million. Now it's a billion. Now a billionaire is the fucking thing. And there aren't any cool billionaires. There's a couple that want, like that guy George Soros or whatever the fuck his name is. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? The guy who constantly gives a lot of money to people, but it doesn't ever fucking amount to anything. He's a clear, I think he's a Clinton supporter right now. Anyway, who gives a shit, right? I just think that money in politics only works because nobody pays attention. That's the thing. Like money, like when Citizens United went through, everybody's like, oh my God, money in politics is going to make everything horrible. But that's only because nobody does any research. If you're, if you're so fucking pathetic that your opinion would be changed by a commercial, then you deserve the president that you fucking get. You deserve the mayor you get. You deserve the fucking school board you get. If it's all it takes is a fucking catchy billboard, then your life should be piles of shit. You know what I'm saying? You should elect a moron. I want to win. I, I would love it if I had a trillion dollars. Not a billion, because there would not be enough. A trillion dollars. I would spend 999 billion of it to try to get the Manson Gacy ticket elected to office. <laughs> I would, I would try so. I would be like, I, you know what? I know that they're both felons, uh, and one of them probably isn't even still alive. That doesn't fucking matter. I think with enough money, I can get these two assholes elected. And I would have campaign slogans like Manson get shit done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he's just fucking got it going on. Like, oh, delegates responsibilities, Charles Manson. John Wayne Gacy can convince anyone of anything. How do you get a little kid to fucking get in your ice cream truck if you're a clown? That's fucking amazing salesmanship. Good job, John Wayne Gacy. You should be vice president. The negotiating in that, like diplomacy, he could totally bring peace to the Middle East. Just provide him enough boys and it'd be good. I just think, I just think, I, I want to see what the limit is for how much money can buy in politics. And I honestly, I don't know, maybe like, maybe not, maybe not, I won't go as far as like Manson, Gacy, because that's, you know, that's ridiculous. Uh, how about like Ann Coulter for president? Like, how about that? Like, this just be like, and, and, it, and that woman is horrible. Like she, every time she laughs, every bat within 100 miles spontaneously miscarries. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ann Coulter, her uterine wasp is dangerous. Nobody likes that phrase, uterine wasp. I fucking love it. If you fist Ann Coulter, there's a chance. Have you ever seen the, the movie uh, Flash Gordon? You know what I'm talking about? Where he has to put his hand in the stump. He has to put his hand in the stump and the thing bites you and you die and then you're like not worthy. That's what the Republican candidates have to do. But you fist Ann Coulter. And if her uterine wasp stings you, you die on the spot. They're like, you're not worthy. Sorry, you can't be president. Donald Trump passed that with flying colors. Because his hands are small. Have you seen them? They're weird. Small and orange. They probably smell bad. 
He's covered in fucking chemicals. That guy is such a weird person. How is it we've got to the point where that guy's almost president? You understand? Like, what the fuck happened to us? They were like, oh, the guy who runs The Apprentice, totally fucking qualified. What the fuck? America deserves Trump. I, I know that none of us in here do, but we're not the majority. Clearly not the majority in America. The majority of America deserves Trump to be president. Get what you want. Oh, you wanted Trump? He's gonna he's the truth talker. He's gonna he declared bankruptcy seven times. How is he good at business? I declared bankruptcy once and I just was good medical bills. Like what's his fucking excuse? Have you ever been to Atlantic City? Anybody here been to Atlantic City? All right. Who? Who said yes? Anybody? You did? Yes. It's a shithole, right? Like the worst fucking horrible place. Guess who owns most of Atlantic City? Donald fucking Trump. That is what America is eight years after he becomes president. Atlantic fucking city. You can't even go. Nobody, it's gambling and nobody wants to go. Do you understand how fucking terrible that is? Nobody wants to go spend their money in that shithole. That's what Trump did to America. That's what he'll do. So if you want to vote for that guy, you, nobody here does. Preaching to the choir at this point. So easy. I should do this in the South. I should do this in fucking Atlanta. Just kick the door down. Trump's a fucking pussy. And then walk away. See what people do. Honestly, like, okay, so this is one fantasy I have in life. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a podcast. Read the Bible. Make fun of it. Uh, I want the right people to hate it. Because um, that'll make my listenership go way the fuck up. Uh, but I want to get on, uh, God damn it. That guy's talk show on Fox News, the guy who always threatens people, the tall guy. You know what I'm talking about? Who? Bill O'Reilly. My fantasy in life. This is my fantasy in life. I, I think about this before I go to sleep at least once every two weeks. Uh, I go in, and he always threatens. Like, if he doesn't like what somebody said, he always threatens them. Like, I'm, you know, I should, I should punch you. Like, rah. He'd done that a couple times. I want him to do that to me just so I can stand up and just slap him across the face and be like, let's do it right now. Like, let's, cameras are rolling. I want to beat you to fucking death in front of America. Do you know? <laughs> That's what I want out of life. I want to kick Bill O'Reilly in the head until he stops talking right. <laughs> Nobody else? Everybody else a fan of Bill O'Reilly? You're on board, aren't you? Yeah, fuck yeah, you are. Mutiny Radio, nobody here should like fucking Bill O'Reilly. If you like Bill O'Reilly and you're in this room, you go away. We don't, if you're, like, if you're, honestly, if you're a Trump supporter, kill yourself. That's all I, that's what I'm getting at. Like, the world doesn't need you anymore. You're a racist piece of shit. We don't want you. Like, it's 2016. We don't need racists anymore. We're done. There's no reason to have you in the world anymore. I know I'm on mushrooms now and I'm talking mad shit. Who cares? I honestly, man, like if you're racist or sexist or homophobic or misogynistic, just fucking end your own life. That's fine. The world is going to be worse for you as time goes on. This is as good for you as it will ever get. We will start getting more and more accepting of everyone later. Just kill it while you're at the, you know, just fucking end it right before it gets intolerable for you. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, this is going out into the, this is going to be recorded and fucking... I made it so I can never take public office. That's what I did just now. I can never get elected to any, I couldn't get elected to the water board in fucking Tillamook, Oregon right now. That's where I'm from. Alabama by the sea. All right. <laughs> Rant over. Good night.
give it up one more time for your last comic, Dan Weber. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. A lot of good comics tonight. A lot of good comics. I appreciate that. I'd like to give a few minutes to the man who makes it possible for me to do comedy on stage. I'd like to give five minutes of my time to Aaron Barrett, please. All right, guys, here we go, here we go. You guys, I'm seeing some PBRs out here. You guys having fun? Uh, we got a big night ahead of us. Stick around for all the other shows. Party like rock stars, all right? We got a fucking tent. We got all kinds of fun. Uh, weed. Uh, my, but my rock star partying days are way over. I'm a musician. Always wanted to be a rock star, but my rock star partying days are over. I haven't done cocaine in like six or seven years, you know? Because Coke's one of those one of those drugs. If you're gonna do it, you don't you just do it. You do it all fucking night, you know what I mean? So now it always cracks me up. I don't do it, but I'll be at a bar or at a party or something. Some guy will come up to me, he'll be like, Hey bro, you want a little bump, huh? You want a little bump? I'm always like, I don't know. You want me to follow you around the rest of the night pretending to like you? <laughs> fucking bump. What the whole bag, dick? By the way, if you're a guy and you're offering another guy Coke, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> It's for the strippers, buddy. It's for the strippers. Um, I did always want to be a rock star. I used to go see all those bands in the 80s, you know, the arena, arena rock bands, you know. But one band to this day I've never seen, and that's ACDC. And you got to fucking love these guys, right? We all love ACDC. I mean, but, you know, they've been around 40 years writing the same fucking song over and over. But other than that, I love them. But the thing, one of the things I really love about ACDC is they've never sold out, right? They don't do, like, ballads. They don't do commercials. But just like all my favorite bands, they will sell out someday and do a, com a commercial. My prediction is they're going to do a McDonald's commercial someday. It'll be like Super Bowl 75 or something. I don't know. But here's my impression of ACDC doing a McDonald's commercial. I think it'll be something like this. They got the super size. I'm telling you no lies. Knocking me out with those American fries. Take a moment to share kids' meal with apples and pears. Have a soft serve cone, Big Mac, two pies, and McRib. Cause I'm loving it. It's coming. It's coming. I, uh,. I am single and I don't have any coke, so I have to get women the hard way. I have to talk to them, you know. <laughs> but there's certain women I will not talk to, you know, the ones that have that real annoying voice. Like, yeah, I know, right? Oh my God, right? Oh, fucking drive me nuts, man. I was outside a bar the other night and there was two of those girls out on the sidewalk chirping away. All of a sudden I overhear one of them say to the other one, she was like, yeah, and then I made the mistake of telling Laura and I fucking lost it. I walked right up to him like, you're a fucking idiot. She's like, excuse me? I'm like, you can't trust Laura, man. <laughs> tell everybody, get us all in trouble. I actually refer to those women as the Louis Vuitton girls, right? Because they always have the Louis Vuitton uh, uh, bag and, and matching luggage and whatever else. But I wish Louis Vuitton would make something a little more practical for these women, you know? Something they could really use, you know? How about, how about like the Louis Vuitton noose? How about that? Yeah. Yeah, they found Laura hanging in the shower last week, but she looks so cute. She did. Um... I did meet this one girl last week, though, but actually, no, we met about, uh, about three months ago in a cafe. I was sitting, sitting there having lunch, and this fairly overweight blind girl came up to me and asked if she could sit at my table. And I was like, yeah, have a seat, no problem. And uh, we got to talking, become really good friends. Uh, we meet about two or three times a week for lunch. But I feel really guilty right now because, like, over the course of the time that I've known her, she's lost a lot of weight. 
And she just told me the other day, she was like, Aaron, I don't know what it is, but ever since I met you, I've lost 23 pounds. I'm like, I know, you look great. I'm so happy for you. But the reason I feel guilty is because I don't know if I should tell her I've been eating her fries the whole time. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to be my time. Thank you guys for hanging out at this Who's vote, Who You Vote For show. Mimi Radio. Seriously, 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 give it up for this woman right here, Pam Benjamin. She is amazing, amazing woman right there. Pam, 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 Pam. All right, guys, thank you very much. Stick around, have fun tonight, guys. Have a good one. Jonathan, I know you have t-shirts. I do? Yeah. Most people don't even know what those are. Well, they should go to tryalta.com to see the six different kinds of cannabinoids that are all distilled for their medicinal needs. Yes, and they're so wonderful. Have you heard about the CBN? Did you even know this existed? Is that like waffles? No, CBN is the cannabinoid in the plant that makes you fall asleep. Oh, Weed to make you sleep. Like, yeah. does that put cancer to sleep? It puts cancer to sleep. It doesn't even get you high. It just puts you to sleep. There's also the THCA. Pain relief. Don't eat any more opioids. Does that come from the vegetation state? It, it certainly does. You clearly know your botanicals. You know your Alta California botanicals. Yes, and there's also a CB, high CBD and a mixture of both high THC and CBD. That's right. Helps with the shaky shakies. If you have anxiety, go with the CBD. If you like to get high, go with the THC. Go with it all. Go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name. Alta California Botanicals. Or go to tryalta.com. If you give them your medical prescription, you can get two weeks for free Alta. absolutely try alta.com hey you psychedelic junkies need something to do Tuesday March 1st well get your ass on out to the Golden Bull in Oakland at 8 p.m for a stellar lineup of psychedelic rock brought to you by Subliminal SF. Featuring War Cloud, Cloud Catcher of Denver, and Skunk. Then, Thursday, March 31st, check out Seattle Band, UN, Hissing, and Cardinal Worm. Also another band to be announced. Same place, same time. $8. Funeral Doom is the genre. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook. See you there. What's up, San Francisco? The SF Eagle Bar is proud to sponsor the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The SF Eagle is about to celebrate its third year anniversary since reopening under new ownership and new management. We are historically a gay leather bar, and now we cater to the queer LGBT community. Uh-huh. 
as well as our allies by hosting fundraisers for local nonprofits and events to celebrate love and equality. I ain't got no dick, but I love the Eagle. Yeah, you do. Located at 398 12th Street at Harrison Street and open every single goddamn day. So check www.sf-eagle.com for calendar of events. And we will see you 3-3-16, by the way, opening day of our special Midnight Comedy Showcase for the Mutiny Comedy Festival. I'll see you guys there. Hell yeah. Industrial Metal's taking over! Golden Bull in Oakland, April 5th, with the Death Kings of LA, Genocide Skin, Ort Cloud, and other bands to be announced. 8 p.m., $8, all Industrial Metal. They come again on April 15th to see some noise rock. The other band on Earth will be there. Jerkagram of LA will be there. And Love Moon. Same place, different time. 9 p.m., 7 bucks. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash subliminalsf. Blue Ribbon is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We appreciate how comedians are, well, they're poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dickbag comedians, allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people they probably shouldn't, like women. So go buy your favorite comedian at PBR. They need the encouragement that someone, somewhere, cares what they have to say. Pabst Blue Ribbon, keeping comedians funny with classically delicious flavor since 1844. Which is crazy, because it was America's best in 1893. At the brainwash, the mighty brainwash, Tony Sparks home. At the brainwash, the mighty brainwash, oh yes, we got them jokes. Anthony Medina, let's us all 
Festival 2016, 7 o'clock show. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. This is the I Hate My Family 2 show, and my name is Shelly Strabel. I will be your hostess for the rest of the evening. Thanks, you guys. It's crazy that there's so many people here for the rain and everything. Did you see the headline that, that was about? It said, it said, a heavy, wet period expected. And I was like, <laughs> but yeah, a woman did not write that headline. You know, if I were to rewrite that headline, I probably just would have been like, you know, El Nino, the only time we're gonna get wet from five inches. <laughs> That's what it would have been. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for being here in this uh, tremendous weather. Really, we all of us appreciate it. Uh, I would like to start off this evening with a note of gratitude, uh, specifically to my parents. You know, I just wanted to thank them both specifically for not being here tonight. <laughs> It's gonna make this whole thing a lot more enjoyable, I think, for all of us, you know? No, it was crazy. Like, when I first told my parents that, uh, that I was doing comedy, they had this wild reaction, you know? They were like, well, what made you do it? What made you do, what made you do it? And I was like, dude, it's not like I put a baby in a dumpster, what made me, <laughs> like, what made me do, although, although I should say that I'm not sure a dumpster is the worst place for a baby, because I understood that they need a lot of darkness for brain development. So, I know it's tough to open with like a dead baby joke, but I, <laughs> I usually get a really smooth delivery on those. Oh my goodness. Uh, you guys, I love being here at Mutiny. I really do, because every time I'm here, you guys, you make me feel like I'm family. You know, like I know this, I feel this, and I know this because of how much I drink around you. <laughs> so tonight I've done something a little bit different. Um, typically I'm not a prop comic. Um, like, unless you count the bottle of wine which I carry with me in my purse. <laughs> Let's be cute. That's not even a, is it? That's, that's a crutch. That's not a prop. It's a little different. 
Anyway, what I've done for you guys tonight is I've designed an infographic to explain what the fuck happened. <laughs> what the fuck happened? Or why I hate my family too, an infographic. All right, so shall we go ahead and get started? All right. Now, let's go ahead and start in this quadrant here. Okay, over here, this is dad and this is Deb. They're a unit. Okay, dad and Deb, Deb and dad, Deb and dad. So they're the active couple from the Viagra commercials, like you've seen them. The cool thing, I mean, Deb is, okay, so this is my stepmom. She's wife number three, all right? And the cool thing about Deb, she's really an amazing lady. She's also a child psychologist, however. Okay, so she, so she does this weird thing where she gets stuck in child speak. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know, adults that do that. So here's what'll happen. I'll walk in, you know, I, I dress up when I go to see my folks and, and I'll walk in and Deb will say, oh honey, oh, you look so adorable. You just look adorable. <laughs> and I'm like, Deb, that's so sweet. But at my age, I'm like not going for adorable, okay? Like sort of going for still rapeable. <laughs> it's, it's a little different. You know, and then she has all these grandkids, beautiful grandkids, right? But she'll talk, you know, when they were babies, she'd be like, a boo-boo, a boo-boo-boo-boo, a boo-boo-boo. And I'm like, boo-boo? Like, do you want them to know that they're accidents? Because it just feels cruel. I don't know. Down here, uh, we, this is my stepsister, Jenny, and her husband, Dave. Now, they look like perfectly fine people until you find out they're cops. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> They have access to the law, they have access to guns, and so we don't make jokes about Jenny and Dave, okay? We don't, we don't fuck with that. Now, let's move over to the other quadrant over here. Now, this quadrant is actually a result of my guy who's right here. You'll notice that, that this is me and my man. We're right here in the origin, right there, the origin of the map, because that's how narcissism works, okay? <laughs> Now this quadrant is thanks to him. The cool thing is that this quadrant relates to dad and Deb's quadrant insofar as we've taken the lessons that we've learned from dad and applied them here. And that is to say, if you don't like your original family, fuck it, you could get a new one. <laughs> Fantastic people. I love these people. Really, they're amazing. Let me, so let me talk a little bit about my, my guy over here. He's, so I've, I've known this guy for 14 years, you know, and, um, and when he asked me to get married, I, it didn't quite seem real. You know, I, has anybody else been proposed to here? You have? Okay, so, so I wonder what it was like for you, but I looked at this guy, like, like he had just told me that I could get a three bedroom here in the city for 1200 bucks. Like, I was like, <laughs> do you know what? I was like, are, is this real? Like, is it real? Because I'm the kind of, I mean, it's amazing that somebody could love me so much. You know, it's, look, you guys, I drink way too much wine. My teeth are fucked up. I look like a Dickens character. <laughs> you know, like by the end of the night, I'm fucking, I'm talking like one. Let's be honest, I sleep under a blanket of cats and I eat cigarettes and still there's a man for me. <laughs> so if any of you single people feel sad, just know it might happen. Just know it might happen. Now, a lot of women are really quick to say yes when somebody ask them to get married, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't that way. But here's how I think about it. You know when you were a kid, right, and, and your grandparents, say your grandpa was like, hey, let's go get ice cream tonight. And you were like, ice cream? Well, I wasn't even thinking about ice cream, but ice cream's my favorite thing, and I love ice cream, and when's the next time that somebody's gonna ask to take me to ice cream, right? So you gotta go get that ice cream. And that's kind of how I think about like when, you know, women that say yes too quickly to marriage, they like, they just gotta get that fucking ice cream. 
you know? Which totally explains why all the fat girls are married. In my 20s, I was like, how come they're all married? In my 30s, I'm like, even my gay friends are married. All right, let's move on. That was the origin. We'll move down here to the other quadrant. Now, this is a picture of my brother, who I don't talk a lot about. Uh, this is a picture of my brother uh, getting crabs on his birthday. <laughs> and this lovely lady down here uh, with the assault rifle <laughs> is his lovely lady. <laughs> here again, we have, we, have, we, we, we have similar things here. Basically, like these are the two quadrants that I typically don't fuck with. Okay? I just sort of leave these people alone. Here's our last quadrant. Okay, this is mom. You guys, this is mom, okay? Mom's hobbies include being right and making you wrong. <laughs> like, also tea party politics, okay? Yeah, yeah, I know. So like, you go to her house for a dinner party, which are the fucking worst, which by the way, she's down here in the negative infinity uh, quadrant because that's what her dinner parties feel like. Okay, it's just negative infinity. So, you know, her tea party politics, you get into a conversation with her, you know, and she'll be like, oh, well, I just want to see Trump, you know, take back the country. And it's like, mom, this country was stolen in the first place. <laughs> like, how are you going to take that back? You know, and she's like, oh, you and your Bernie Sanders supporters. What do you think? How many, how many people do you think are going to vote for him? How many minorities does it take to make a majority, Shelley? <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck kind of question is this? It's like, it's like asking how many light bulbs it takes to screw in a lesbian. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it's not even a real question. All right, you guys, so this is just a brief explanation about what the fuck happened and how I ended up hosting tonight's show. Let's get to the lineup, let's get to the lineup. Thank you. She's so scary, she's so scary. The very, first, uh, the very first person we're bringing up tonight, I'm so excited because Portland's really representing tonight in the Mutiny Comedy Festival. Every night they've been here, they're showing the fuck up. Uh, this first lady, she is a regular at the Helium and Harvey's Comedy Clubs up in Portland. Uh, and she recently just got back from the Laugh Fest in Idaho. Ladies and gentlemen, the mom we all wish we had but none of us deserve, it's Joni Quinn. <laughs> I might need to use that. No, I'm, I'm kidding. There's guns involved. Here you go. Hi, everybody. That's where you, you can say you, it's interactive. You're close enough. You can talk to me. Uh, you guys know my name. That's great. Oh, my God. This rain, you guys. I have to tell you, I'm from Portland. I'm used to rain, okay? But this rain, I'm wet. I, I mean, Portland is a different kind of rain. It's a dry rain. So I am not used to being this wet. But... Um, if, if Shelly was telling the story, what would be good? So let's, uh, I was thinking about when she said that, that headline about the wet period or something, what was it? Heavy wet period coming. That just reminded me of the first time um, I was told that I would be bleeding every month and um, not to bring you guys down, but uh, you know who told me? Speaking of I hate my family too, my dad. As far as I know, my dad has never menstruated. <laughs> and I remember the moment so well because I know my mom wasn't there because I passed her in the kitchen doing dishes on the way out of my childhood. <sighs> so we've never actually gone over that. I think I need to explore that a little more. Anyway, I'm not the mom you're going to want. You guys are going to hear how I torture my children, my poor kids. I have four kids, you guys. 
from three different mothers. <laughs> I like to think that makes me the Angelina Jolie of Southwest Portland. And they're all spread out, you guys. I didn't do it the traditional every two years, I guess, like you're supposed to. Are there any other parents here? Yeah? yeah? Okay, you guys, how many kids do you have? Two. Two? How old are they? Uh, One's here, so. 15 and He had to check how old you had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did, yeah, this is a nice jacket. I'm totally distracted, 80s. <laughs> Um, you did it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Three years. Yeah. I don't recommend every four years as a, it was kind of an accident. The two older ones are birth kids. The two younger are adopted. And the very youngest is an accidental adoption. So that's <laughs> was either in the right place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time. I have no idea how that worked. Uh, he's really cute. It's fun having a nine-year-old. I'm, I'm, there, I have friends that are the same age as me and have grandkids, the same age as my son. And, you know, he's, he's nice because the teenagers don't want to cuddle anymore and the, you know, they all think I'm stupid and I can't do anything right. And so Tony, you know, he'll cuddle with me and we'll, we were just um, last week, welcome, come on in, hi. You all, to, to refresh you, period. Um, <laughs> quadrant, I don't remember the, so. Oh, I totally lost it. Now I'm back on the, I'm back on the jacket. Oh, last week we were cuddling and uh, looking at the wedding album. And he was so cute. He's like looking at the pictures. And then he goes, well, who's that with daddy? <laughs> well, that must be his first wife. Look how happy she is. It's like... Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He, it, it's really weird having four kids all four years apart. So I have one in every category. He's in elementary, then I have a middle schooler who's 13, high schooler who's 17, and a shithead who's 21 in college, <laughs> who I hope is not listening to this right now. <laughs> I don't know. No, he's a, good, he's a good kid. Actually, I didn't know I would enjoy the big kids as much as I do. They are a, lo a lot of fun, except when they see all the things I'm doing wrong. So I'm, I've been parenting for a long time. Oh yeah, I, I get job performance reviews. <laughs> they sit me down, they're like, okay, um, I see you honked too close to the high school this month. And yeah, it, it's not a job you can quit. I mean, I don't get an honorable discharge. There's no shit. You know, if I was this bad in the military, I'd get promoted, you know? <laughs> if I was a priest, I'd get relocated, at least. But no, I'm stuck. There's no, he's always telling me what I'm doing wrong. But it, I'm not the same mom I was at the beginning because at the beginning I was, I was patient, I was creative. And I know because we have home movies and I can see myself on there being nice and kind. It actually happened. But now, now, you know, first kid got Wonder Mom and the fourth kid gets Menopause Mom. <laughs> My favorite thing to do is go, menopause, mom. Like, it's just, like, I'm a superhero. I need someone to design a, a costume for me. Wouldn't that be awesome? Menopause, mom. She hasn't seen her waist in 20 years and never leaves the house without a panty liner on. <laughs> menopause, mom. She gets less excited to be invited somewhere and more excited when something on her calendar gets canceled. <laughs> Menopause mom, she can't volunteer at the school anymore because she's no longer capable of pretending to like other people's children. <laughs> and I feel like I should have like a, a superpower. 
Oh, oh, I totally know what it is. I was in the restroom earlier, and I, I think this is my superpower, because when I turned around, I set the towel dispenser off across the room. <laughs> if, if this is my superpower, I'm bummed, because now I'm going to have to cancel that surgery. I, I made an appointment to get a double astectomy. <laughs> because I was going to donate 50 pounds to lots of lard. <laughs> because somewhere, there's a skinny bitch without an ass. Yeah. You won't be surprised to know that I keep little therapy notebooks for all of my children. In it, I write down all that I've done and all that I have failed to do. It's my form of scrapbooking. Yeah. I figure these therapy notebooks will save them hours and sessions, hypnotherapy. It could be the basis of our family's reality show someday. Dr. Quinn and medical marijuana woman. That'll be... One time my son told me he wanted a new mom. So I pretend to call warehouse and order him one. <laughs> Just then, the UPS guy happened to ring the doorbell. <laughs> My son took one look at that big box, peed himself, and ran to his room. <laughs> I got two free hours out of that one. It was pretty awesome. One daughter told me she thinks I care more about a clean floor than I do about my own children. You just can't hide some things from your kids. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, it's hard also to have kids four years apart, all four of them, because I get kind of sick of doing the um, holiday thing over and over. It's like a fucking Groundhog Day. I'm on, this year was my 20th Halloween. My fucking 20th of dressing up a kid, putting a garbage bag over it, and then taking it outside in a monsoon in Portland. I mean, I'm sick of it. And you know, the kids, they have to do it. So I came up with something this year. First of all, do not call DHS. They already know. Uh, but <laughs> this year, I was not going to do it. I was like, forget it. I hate this shit. But I let them get dressed up, you know, and get all excited. And then I brought out that special Halloween punch. Children's Benadryl. My kids will drink anything with dry ice smoking in the middle of it. And they woke up the next day. I told them how much fun we had the night before. It was great. Just fucking mess with them. It's so much fun. If you're not messing with your, you're, if you're not messing with your kids, it just doesn't make it worth it, does it? I mean, they're going to end up in therapy anyway. I tell my kids, we're not saving for college. We're saving for therapy. And if you're smart, you'll go to a college that has a therapist, a twofer. You know. Uh, what else was I going to tell you about these little monsters? Let's see. They're fun. Oh, one one time my son, when he was two years old, do you have boys or girls? Two girls. Two girls. Oh, so you went, but you were once a two-year-old boy, so you I might get this. Yeah, you might get this. Um, really, you were right. Okay, you're not faking me. Yeah. <laughs> my son, he's two years old. Picks up a football. He starts hearing voices. This is how I found out. Is this crazy shit, right? Picks up a football, throws it in the house. It knocks a picture off the wall. It breaks all over the floor. It was our wedding picture. Thank God I was so sick of that bitch smiling at me all the time. <laughs> but I, I'm like, I look at him, I look him right in the eye, two years old, I'm like, why did you throw that football in the house? And he looks at me and he goes, my penis told me to do it. <laughs> I had no idea you guys started listening to that voice so young. <laughs> Wait, does that mean our JJs are talking to us and we're just not listening closely enough? Go to the mall, max out all the credit cards, and hide everything in the closet. 
eat that whole quart of Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey while reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I've been listening. Do the laundry. Shut up, bitch. No more Mr. Battery for you. Guys, you know, I'm 54 years old with a nine-year-old. I'm hanging out at playgrounds with soccer moms that are like 30. And you know the ones, right? With their one baby and their waist. (laughs) They bend over in their low-cut jeans and show off their cute little tattoos. Do you know what shows when I bend over in my low-cut jeans? My icy hot patch. And those young mothers, they go braless because they can. You know, I can't. They, well, they get caught in my low-cut jeans. <laughs> I hate wearing a bra. If it were up to me, we'd all be braless today. That's right. Even you, sir. Yeah, you should. I think our boobs should look the way God intended them to. Like a long, raw, stretched-out pizza dough. With a single pepperoni in the middle of it. Think about that at fourth meal tonight. Oh, and sometimes they think I'm my kid's grandmother. I know, it's so obvious, duh, when I'm with him, I'm not smiling. (laughs) But you know what? I just go with it now because eventually my kid's gonna misbehave and then I'll just blame his parents. (laughs) Oh, his mother's a crack whore. (laughs) And his father, vegan. Which we all know is way worse than being a crack whore. <laughs> sort of. Oh, and sometimes, sometimes I have fun with being, you know, because I, when I pretend to be the grandma, I start passing out some really shitty advice. Because you know how old people always want to just share? I feel like that too. I feel like a parenting expert. But when they think I'm the grandmother, I just, I just have a little fun with that shit. So I'll wait till one of their kids is throwing one of those fits, you know, the ones where their head's spinning around and green shit's flying everywhere. And I'll be like, oh, honey, you know what? I found that half a Prozac (laughs) crushed up in their juice bottle will shut that little motherfucker down. (laughs) That's my time. I'm Joni Quinn. You guys have been great. gentlemen, Joni Quinn. Fantastic. Fantastic. Joni, I just want to know if that Prozac trick will work with my mother. You might have to use a whole one. A whole one? Will yeah. that shut that motherfucker up? Yeah, yeah. I feel so enlightened. Like, after she, you know, she, she was explaining that her kids had a couple of different moms, right? You have the, the pre-menopause and the post. It explains so much about my mother. Because at the beginning, I thought she was this, you know, sort of loving, caring. And then I had my own ideas, and she became a fucking dictator. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, again, it was just, like, her way all the way. And I imagined, like, sort of likened her to Hitler at one point. I was like, because this bitch is scary. And then I was like, you know what, Shelly, that's not very nice. Shouldn't think about your mom that way. And also, she's not German. She's Italian. So she's... (laughs) She's more like Mussolini. She's mom Cellini. That's right, sir. So, Joni Quinn, thank you for clarifying what the fuck happened. Hey, welcome. 
Ladies and gentlemen, our next comedian is, uh, you, you may think that you've seen this guy before, and if you feel like you've seen him before, then probably it's because you watch America, uh, what is it? Last Comic Standing. That's where he's been, season seven. Ladies and gentlemen, probably the only guy here whose parents are truly proud of him, Eric Escobar! Eric Escobar! Give it up for lies, guys. Give it up for lies. Oh, boy. It's going to be fun. Um, I want to start off with this. I want you to give a huge round of applause if you've ever had a shitty roommate. Okay. Cool. Uh, Heads up. If you were quiet right now, you were the shitty roommate. All right? So sit on that and do your dishes. Okay? Um, man, I live with the worst roommate right now. Uh, she's really like loud and annoying and my mom and um, <laughs> she gets mad at me over everything. Like the other day, she caught me smoking and she freaked out. And I'm like, what's the big deal? It's only meth, but my mom, <laughs> she's, she's like pretty cool. Like she's this adorable little Filipino woman with a really thick accent. Like it was really cute. I remember growing up and she would always be like, uh, oh, Eric. Eric, Eric, do you want to see the ocean? Do you want to go surfing? Do you want to go see the bitch? <laughs> the what, mom? Do you want to see the bitch? <laughs> Whoa, I do not want to see grandma right now. <laughs> I just don't. That would be bad. Um, it's cool. My, uh, my mom's Filipino and my dad's Mexican, so it's fun being Mexipino, you know? <laughs> Cause like that shit evens out. Like some half Filipino, I'm 25 and I'm already losing my hair. It's, uh, thanks for laughing, assholes. All right, just fucking hold on. Not yet. But um, it does even out because uh, since I'm half Mexican, by the time I was in kindergarten, I could grow a mustache. <laughs> so that's good. I like it. I do hate my Mexican last name though. Um, it's Escobar because people hear it and they think what? Exactly, I think Pablo Escobar. So new people will meet me and they'll be like, oh, Escobar, are you planning to some kind of Colombian drug cartel? <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't bother me as much anymore because they'll be dealt with. <laughs> they will. They will. The family show, I want to talk about my grandfather. He's cool. He wants to be really cool. He really wants to be cool. That's more like it. Um, he just found out about planking. You guys remember that shit? <laughs> like 2007? It's great. He like he show he well he, okay, like the thing is he loves it. He loves it so much. Like he's been planking on our kitchen floor for the last 3 weeks. Um death joke, guys. All right, let's move forward. Uh, I want to talk about my godson. He's also my nephew. I love my godson so much. He's seven, and um, I'm a great godfather because I introduced him to professional wrestling. So, yeah, that's fucking right. It's amazing. We both have the same favorite wrestling move. It's when they get the guy's head and they drive it into the mat. Um, Some people call it an RKO. Uh, Some people call it a diamond cutter. Uh, My boss calls it a fireable offense. So... If anyone's hiring, um, that'd be good. But uh, it's cool. I like wrestling a lot. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I think wrestling is a lot like Jesus Christ, all right? Because it's something that has tons of people who follow it religiously, and it's real. (laughs) 
That one's a thinker. <laughs> and it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, I want to talk to you guys about a lot of weird jobs I've had. Had a lot of weird jobs. Um, I actually used to work with kids who were autistic. But um, during the job interview, I misheard autistic for artistic. <laughs> so I get there on the first day, and I'm like, shit, you guys can't draw at all. <laughs> oh, my God. Except for you, Timmy. Is that the Sistine Chapel? Jesus Christ, that's amazing. <laughs> How many toothpicks? Let's go. Um, I also used to uh, teach improv workshops to kids in juvenile hall, uh, which is great, because if you're a 16-year-old murderer, the one thing you want in your life is some theater. Am I right? That's great. Um, this next story is very true. Uh, i just say that, because some of the other things I said up here before were lies. But... Um, I was doing an improv workshop one time, and uh, I was like, all right, guys, we need to get a suggestion. And this kid all the way in the back goes, yo, peanut butter jelly sandwich. And out of nowhere, the whole place started rioting. I don't know what's going on. A security guard pulled me to the side, and he's like, didn't you know? Peanut butter jelly sandwich is underground gang talk, for we're about to shank someone. No, that is not common knowledge, okay? <laughs> How was I supposed to know that? I've never been in a situation where it's been like, can I have some of your PB&J? Oh, yeah, sure. Ah! Why'd you do that? I fucking warned you, all right? Sweet. It's never happened. There was this one kid in the workshops who was such a pain. He just hated being there. And um, I remember I gave him a little questionnaire one time, and I was like, um, why do you like coming to the workshops? And uh, he put something down that was so inspirational, I'll never forget it. Um, he put down, um, no. <laughs> I used to work at Disneyland. That was cool. I liked working at Disneyland a lot. Um, one of my favorite things to do at Disneyland was uh, cheer up kids who were kind of scared to ride like the more like roller coaster rides. Like I remember there was a, a little girl and um, she wanted to go on Space Mountain but she was so afraid. So I was working there and I was like, oh, okay, I know what to do. So I tapped her on the shoulder and I'm like, hey, are you scared of big roller coasters? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, don't worry, because we have something in common. When I was your age, I was a girl too. <laughs> Let's talk about relationships, guys. Um, just got out of a six-year-long relationship, very long time. And, um, oh God, it's, I miss her, because, okay, when it comes down to it, she would want to have sex like six times a day. So that was great. And if I was lucky, one of those times would be with me. So what a hoe, that's what I say. What a big old hoe. Went on a first date recently where this girl wanted to hook up on the first date. And I'm very old fashioned. I was like, mm, I want to get to know you before I even think about letting you out of my basement. Yeah. So you said yeah to that and smiled. So <laughs> it wasn't even like a, a yeah. It was like a yeah. Like, I know how that is. I'm like, oh, God. Jeez. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm against online dating. I don't like online dating because I don't want to tell my kids I met their mom while I was drunk on the toilet swiping right, all right? <laughs> I feel like that's not a fairy tale. 
but uh, I have tried it. I've tried it. Not ashamed. Um, I'm on this one dating website called Black People Meet. Heads up, you do not want to spell meat wrong, okay? That's a completely different website. I also get messages. I'm like, ah, oh, who could it be? Huh, does even fit on the screen. Look at that. Oh boy, big guy, big boy. Black dick joke. Guys, moving on. Um, I did meet one uh, girl online, and it was really weird, because um, the first time we had sex, she started crying. And I was like, oh, God, are you OK? And she was like, yeah, I just, I just really like you. And I was like, fuck, I really like gummy bears, but I don't cry when they're inside of me. <laughs> That's odd. We dated for a little while, but we had to break up, because our lives were going in two completely different directions. Like, um, she currently makes six figures a year as an engineer for Boeing. My last paycheck was a bag of weed for telling poop jokes in Gilroy. <laughs> like, how do you put that on your taxes? Do you like a W-420? Oh, no. Um, you guys want to hear some poop jokes? I got some new poop jokes. All right, four of you are down. It's happening. Uh, <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, guys, I was taking the best poop this morning when I realized I missed my off-ramp. Um, here we go, poop joke number two. All right, uh, I love poop. I love the way poop is spelled because poop is spelled exactly how it is. It begins with a P. It ends with a P, with a ooh in the middle. Um, <laughs> that's good, that's good. Uh, I was really drunk last night, so I opened up my PC, uh, went on Internet Explorer, went on Facebook, and that led me to a site called Jezebel. Do you guys know this site, Jezebel? It's great, teaches girls how to friend zone guys. And um, you know the site. Uh, I also just wanted to explain how I got there, because as a guy, it's very embarrassing to be on Internet Explorer. Um, <laughs> but it, it was this really cool article about what different types of cuddling mean in heterosexual relationships. Um, so I'm going to explain it to you right now. Uh, if the guy is lying on his side holding the girl and the girl is on her back, typically that means the girl might have a stronger personality in the relationship and that the guy doesn't talk to his mom much or talks to his mom a lot, either way, do not role play, all right? That's what I have to say about that. Um, the next one I really connected with, I feel this is the way I cuddle all the time, and it's the exact opposite. It's the one where the guy is on his back and the girl just isn't there. Um, it's cool. It's cool, guys. Um, it's a little graphic. I remember uh, the first time I had a girlfriend, I think I was like 14 or 15, and, um, and we were doing a mouth stuff. We were going to do mouth stuff. And I remember looking at the thing, um, and I thought it looked like a chewed up piece of gum. Um, so I was like, ooh, cherry. Oh, no, salmon flavored. Say it, taint so. Say it, taint so. That's the punchline. Taint so. Say it, taint so. Good joke. Oh, God, let's keep on going. Um, <laughs> 
Fuck, I, I don't even have time. I want to tell you guys this joke about how I never leave my house, but um, fuck it. It's an inside joke. Guys. <laughs> You're my favorite. Um, <laughs> did they laugh? No, they just moaned, kind of. It was like every joke you like. It's like, oh, oh my God. I'm literally killing. Um, I want to tell you guys this. Uh, party it up tonight. Um, we have uh, beer for two bucks in the back. Uh, support this festival. And give a huge round of applause to yourselves for coming out to support live comedy. Um, we, we truly appreciate it. Um, celebrate tonight, uh, smoke your weed, drink your beer, but if there is one thing you should not do, it is acid, all right? Do not fucking do acid, never do acid, and I'll tell you why, I tried acid once, and I was having this crazy trip when, um, <clears throat> when my little brother walked in and asked if he could try some, which is the one thing you do not want to hear as an only child. You just don't. Um, thanks, guys. My name is Eric Escobar. Eric Escobar, you guys. The reason they charge you extra for a side of Mexipino at Chipotle. That's Eric Escobar. Wonderfully done. You know, I could. You busted out with a poop jokes in the middle of that thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm older and wiser and in a relationship and so no better, but. But I do think, though, I will say, Eric, that I think, um, you know, relationships, should you ever decide to get into one, uh, you know, they're really, they're based on understanding, uh, understanding of one another's poop cycles, okay? Just be sensitive. All right, you guys. Our next comedian, I'm so excited that he's on the showcase, actually. We have another representative from Portland, Oregon, who I'm just so proud of these guys for showing up. Uh, he has an acclaimed podcast, which is super fucking interesting. It's called Reading the Bible with Dan. It's going to be featured at the Bridgetown Fest this year. Everybody, big round of applause for Dan Weber! <laughs> I look like somebody whose birth mother gave him up for adoption, because that's real. That's what happened. Uh, I am adopted. Uh, people will say shit to me like, you weren't wanted. Really? My parents spent $10,000, filled out 500 pages worth of paperwork, and waited three years on a waiting list for a white baby, because they're racist. <laughs> Your parents forgot to use a condom while they were fucking during Matlock. One of us was wanted, guys. This guy right here. I'm a selected baby. You people are lottery babies. Your parents pulled on a handle and you fell out of a slot. You're not fucking special. There's things in my life that are better than yours because I'm adopted. For example, I don't know what my future looks like. Like the rest of you can look at your parents or your grandparents and be like, that's probably what I'm going to look like when I get older. For me, I can be like, I'm going to turn into Ryan Gosling when I get 60. That's a, <laughs> it's a fantasy I can have for the rest of my life. You people are fucking screwed. There are things that I have to think about that you will never have to think about, though. Like what happens if I date a biological sibling? Like, that'd be fucked up, right? And I like to think about things in terms of the worst case scenario. What happens if I date a fraternal twin? I meet him at a party, I'm totally talking to him, they're gonna look familiar to me. <laughs> I'm gonna walk up to him like, oh, 
Oh, what's what's your name? Oh, you like basketball? Me too. Your your birthday's July twenty first. Me as well. Holy shit, we should date, and we will <laughs> for three years. And I'll ask him to marry me, and they'll say yes. We go get the blood test. The blood test will come back. And be like, Dan, this woman is your genetic doppelganger. You cannot marry her. She's your twin. At that moment, friends, I'm going to have to decide, am I going to break up with the woman I love or am I going to keep sleeping with her? (laughs) I'm telling you right now, I'm going to keep fucking her, guys. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, it's it's nurture versus nature when it comes to sex. I've never had sex with my adopted sister. That would be fucking disgusting. Fuck the shit out of my fraternal twin if I met her at 22. I would just acknowledge our special bond by making our safe word twinsies. <laughs> you don't like that joke, you fucking hate love. <laughs> I just described the plot to at least 10 different Lifetime Channel movies. Get over yourself. <laughs> Not a big a deal. I am adopted. Uh, I was actually, um, I was going to get adopted by one family at two weeks, and then I got sick, and then they had to do surgery on my stomach. Uh, If you're here for the underwear show, you will see the scar from that fucking surgery. Here's the thing, like, I just recently heard, and I didn't know this, that uh, up until, like, five years ago, they didn't think infants could feel pain. So they didn't give them anesthetics when they fucking did surgery on infants. Which means I was awake and fucking conscious when I watched them fucking living dead my fucking intestines out and tie it off. All I know, all I'm saying is I'm harder than everyone else in this room. (laughs) I saw some shit when I was fucking three years old, or three days old, three weeks. Uh, Who gives a shit, all right? (laughs) I was in a bar a while back, um, and and I was drinking Olympia, which is one of my favorite kinds of beer. And the waitress came over and asked me if I wanted another one, and what I wanted to say, what I meant to say, was, you know what? I really like drinking this beer. It reminds me of hanging out with my dad, watching television. Like, he would drink it. He would let me sip it with him. We'd watch MASH. It was amazing. But what came out of my mouth, because I was super drunk, was, this beer tastes like my dad. And that's not, (laughs) not, not what you want to say, turns out. He never molested me. So, All right, so the rest of this set is gonna get fucked up. I don't know, I just, I'm just, okay, so here's, I don't, I believe in consent language, I believe that you shouldn't be forced to do something you don't wanna do, so here's the thing. I'm gonna give you guys a safe word. Safe word is holy shit. If at any time during the rest of this set you get fucking super uncomfortable and you don't wanna hear anymore, just shout out holy shit, and enough of you do, we'll fucking switch gears, I'll pull the ripcord on what I'm gonna say next. Everybody on board for this? You give me consent, and that means I can do what I want to do next. Do you understand? Holy shit. <laughs> Sony just tried it already. Like, nah, I'm fucking pulling the ripcord before it even starts. I've seen what this guy does. This is not going to be good. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you one, one story before I start the horrible things. Um, one time uh, when I was a kid, I went to my dad. He's a hunter, avid hunter. And I was like, I want to know what it feels like to shoot a gun. I was like seven years old. And I, and I was like, I want to know what it feels like to shoot a gun. And my dad was like, okay, I'll show you. And uh, he told me to stand still, like at his side. And I think what he meant to do 
was to punch me in the shoulder, right? But uh, he was a drinker and uh, super drunk at the time, so he missed my shoulder and just punched me in the side of the head and knocked me to the ground. And as I was laying there, I was like, why does anyone shoot guns? Like, that's the worst fucking thing. Like, I got hit in the face. Why, why would anybody do this? Anyway. That probably explains the next thing I'm going to say. Uh, I have thought about killing myself every single day since I was five years old. Which means I've had some adorable suicide ideas, guys. Oh, man. What is cuter than a five-year-old swinging from a banister by a sock monkey, right? Oh, I don't know. Maybe if I drown myself in a bowl full of life cereal? That'd be... Irony is a thing, right? The reason that I thought about killing myself from such a young age is because I had a babysitter who liked to play the licking game, and I fucking loved it. I was enthusiastic. I enjoyed it all the time. I was so good at it, in fact. She would pass me around to all the other girls in the neighborhood. I was like a homeless man Sibian, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> by my count, by the age of seven years old, I brought a woman to orgasm maybe 400 times. And I know they all came because no woman's faking it for a five-year-old. You get me? Get to work, Stippy. You're not fucking done yet. Anybody want to pull the ripcord now? Like, we all regretting our decision at this point? I'll tell some people this story sometimes. It'll be like high five, like I had fucking anything to do with it. Like I was just rolling around on the playground wearing a Kangol hat and a members-only jacket, walking up to girls on the swing set like, hey, waity. Yo, looking pretty good. <laughs> I want to wick you where your wiener would be. Like, that's not a thing that I did. That's <laughs> not how it is. You'd probably want to believe that that's the worst thing to happen to me in my fucking childhood, and that would have been great. But it's not. Uh, when I was from the age of 11 to 13, my mom would constantly come in the fucking room and, like, give me erotic back massages. She would lean down and whisper in my ear, your girlfriends are gonna love it when you do this. And I, and I have to tell you, like, she wanted to fuck. Like, she, my wife, my mom was down to fuck. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying, if you want some of this sugar, you should take better care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, you're just not hot enough for me. Like, it's, you know, you're fucking, you're, you've let yourself go. Like, if you want, if you want some 13-year-old dick, you're gonna have to be fucking more, you're gonna have to try harder. I love telling that story uh, just because of the look on everybody's face. They're like, that didn't happen. I'm sorry. It, anyway. <laughs> I'm on fucking mushrooms hard right now. Hard. Fucking high as shit. I normally don't, do, I've done that joke like twice and it never works. I don't give a fuck. You understand? Don't care at all. I was married for a while. I, uh, I, I have an ex-wife. Um, we were married for like 12 years. We were together for 17. Um, I should have known uh, a ways in that it wasn't going to work out. Uh, when she fell in love with a coworker uh, who dressed like a pirate. <laughs> Not any old kind of pirate, but like a Pirates of Penzance musical pirate. Like a fucking refugee from Gogo Bardello. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He was a Jewish fucking pirate. 
Like she fell in love with somebody that looked like Captain Jack Sparrow if played by uh fuck. Woody Allen. That's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Woody Allen. You just how fucking shitty a husband are you if that's the case? Like if that's listen, and then here's the thing. So they wanted she wanted to fuck him real bad and he didn't do it. Because he didn't want to fuck her. Which put me in a weird position to be in, because it, you know, I'm like, I'm glad you didn't fuck. We were monogamous, so of course I'd have to break up with you if you did. But at the same time, listen, Jew pirate, what's wrong with my wife? Why don't you want to fuck her? <laughs> you should totally want to fuck my wife. She's hot as shit. What's wrong with you? What are you, you slapping him away, fucking Captain Jack Sparrow? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Asshole. Uh, we got a divorce later, though, because I did not like being married. I don't know. Okay, so who here is in a relationship? Anybody? I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are. like You two, the people that are holding hands, like you're definitely, how long have you guys been together? Ten years. Ten years? Wow, well, good luck. I don't know. <laughs> like you clearly bailed out of another relationship, right? Like you both have been married before. Right, and then you were like, nah, and then you did it again? Why? Why not? No, oh, you're not married? Oh, perfect. Good. Uh, high five. <laughs> high five. Never again. No, one more. Never, ever again. All right. Once is enough on that bullshit, I'm telling you. I died when I was 25 years old. I don't know if I mentioned that before. I, had a, I was dead for 15 minutes. When it came to, I was like, you know what I want to do? Uh, I, I'm going to try to live a normal life. Before that, I was a fucking absolute criminal. Like, I know... I know what it's like to break into a house just to make myself a ham sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to commit a felony because I'm peckish. That's the kind of person I was. And then I died, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to live a fucking totally normal life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what all most of you people do. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a house. No kids, because fuck, no. But, you know, like everything else, I'm going to do all of that shit. And I did it for a long time. And I uh, fucking hated it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, when, okay, so here's one piece of life advice I gave somebody last night. I'm going to give it to you before I leave. If you're younger, like you're in your 20s or whatever, and I'm looking out, and I think that a lot of you are, you're going to make decisions in your life. You're going to try to do things. Uh, you totally should. You should experiment as much as you can. But the first minute that you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, Pull the ripcord. Like, there's no reason to go another 10 fucking years on that shit you don't like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody on board for this? Yeah. All right. Pull the ripcord early and often. You'll be much happier in your life. All right, my name is Dan, and I shouldn't have been on this fucking show. Good night. Shelly Strabel, I have been your host. You guys have seen Dan Weber, Joni Quinn, and Eric Escobar. I want to thank you guys so much for being here. I want to encourage you to stick around for the next show that we have coming up. Uh, it's Chris Canaster doing Hell Hat. I always want to call that show Ass Hat, but we're just going to say Hell Hat. And, uh, you know, I know you guys were all hanging out tonight. We're all drinking. We're partying a little bit. And I just, you know, I kind of want to remind you guys, get home safe. Remember, stay alive, don't drink, and tell your family the truth about anything. Good night, you guys. Thanks so much. Jonathan, I know. Most people don't even know what those are. Yeah, most of them don't. We need to everybody. Uh, 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 uh,
Well, they should go to tryalta.com to see the six different kinds of cannabinoids that are all distilled for their medicinal needs. Yes, and they're so wonderful. Have you heard about the CBN? Did you even know this existed? Is that like waffles? No, CBN is the cannabinoid in the plant that makes you fall asleep. Oh, Weed to make you sleep. Like, yeah. Does that put cancer to sleep? It puts cancer to sleep. It doesn't even get you high. It just puts you to sleep. There's also the THCA. Pain relief. Don't need any more opioids. Does that come from the vegetation state? It, it certainly does. You clearly know your botanicals. You know your Alta California botanicals. Yes, and there's also a CB, high CBD and a mixture of both high THC and CBD. That's right. Helps with the shaky shakies. If you have anxiety, go with the CBD. If you like to get high, go with the THC. Go with it all. Go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name. Alta California Botanicals. Or go to tryalta.com. If you give them your medical prescription, you can get two weeks for free Alta. absolutely try alta.com hey you psychedelic junkies need something to do Tuesday March 1st well get your ass on out to the Golden Bull in Oakland at 8 p.m. For a stellar lineup of psychedelic rock brought to you by Subliminal SF. Featuring War Cloud, Cloud Catcher of Denver, and Skunk. Then, Thursday, March 31st, check out Seattle Band UN Hissing and Cardinal Worm, also another band to be announced. Same place, same time, $8. Funeral Doom is the genre. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook. See you there. What's up, San Francisco? The SF Eagle Bar is proud to sponsor the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The SF Eagle is about to celebrate its third year anniversary since reopening under new ownership and new management. We are historically a gay leather bar, and now we cater to the queer LGBT community. As well as our allies by hosting fundraisers for local nonprofits and events to celebrate love and equality. I ain't got no dick, but I love the Eagle. Yeah, you do. Located at 398 12th Street at Harrison Street and open every single goddamn day. So check www.sf-eagle.com for calendar of events. And we will see you 3-3-16, by the way, opening day of our special midnight comedy showcase for the mutiny comedy festival i see you guys there hell yeah industrial metals taking over Golden Bull in Oakland, April 5th. 
with the Death Kings of LA, Genocide Skin, Ort Cloud, and other bands to be announced. 8pm, $8, all industrial metal. They come again on April 15th to see some noise rock. The other band on earth will be there. Jerkagram of LA will be there. And Love Moon. Same place, different time. 9 p.m., seven bucks. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash subliminalsf. Blue Ribbon is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We appreciate how comedians are, well, they're poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dickbag comedians, allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people they probably shouldn't, like women. So go buy your favorite comedian a PBR. They need the encouragement that someone, somewhere, cares what they have to say. Paps Blue Ribbon, keeping comedians funny with classically delicious flavor since 1844. Which is crazy, because it was America's best in Sunlight 
out of UK. Primitive Man, Denver. And cult leader, Salt Lake City. 8 p.m., $10, July 15th. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook. See you then. Asiento, this locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant, is excited to be a sponsor for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. We hope you'll join us any night at the Mutiny Asiento. Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you were an audience member for happy hour pricing March 2nd through 6th at Asiento, 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out featuring a comfortable an extensive tapas menu. This is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food without the restaurant commitment. Don't be surprised if you suddenly find yourself at Asiento for the entire night. It feels just like home with bartender service. Asiento. 